On episode 18 of the High Performance Leadership Podcast, Kelly Roach. But you have to rise up. Like you have to pull out of that and you have to grow and let go of the ego and you have to say, okay, my team, my responsibility. You're listening to the High Performance Leadership Podcast, insights and information from world-class leadership experts. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Randy Lane. Today, we're talking with Kelly Roach. She's a former NFL cheerleader and Fortune 500 executive. Now she's a business coach, CEO, consultant, author, and podcaster who helps entrepreneurs start their own companies. We talk about her book, Unstoppable, and ask her about leadership styles. Now our talk with Kelly Roach. All right. Well, on today's show, we have Kelly Roach. Thank you so much for being with us today. I know a lot of our listeners, they're out there, like us to mix it up a little bit. And uh, today, Kelly has written a a book, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. But before we jump into that, why don't we start with, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and kind of how you got started and bring us up to date of where you're at right now? Sure, absolutely. Well, first of all, guys, thank you so much for having me on the show today. And this is fun because we're getting to see each other while we record (laughs) here. Um, So a little bit about my background, former NFL cheerleader and Fortune 500 executive turned business growth strategist. And I'm now the host of Unstoppable Success Radio and the CEO of a company called Kelly Roach Coaching. And we focus on helping entrepreneurs around the world to make six and seven figure leaps in their business. So it's all about how do we help people create rapid growth, become stellar leaders, impact and influence more people, make money, make an impact, have fun doing it. So that's kind of a little bit of who I am and what I do. You know, interesting, uh, at our company here at 360 Solutions, we have on staff a NFL cheerleader. That's right. Oh my gosh, how awesome. Last season, she cheered for Indianapolis and she's now cheering for the Texans. Uh, That's so awesome. Yep, interesting. All right. So you went from cheering to Fortune 500 and into your own uh, business now. So you said you have a radio show and you've written a book and you have you, you do consulting work, kind of everything combined. Yeah. So um, I basically, I do private consulting still, but I also sell online courses that teach sales and marketing and business growth strategy and all of that. Obviously I have the book and the podcast and um, I also run online coaching programs. So group, you know, group coaching programs that, you know, really teach people the fundamentals of what it really takes to build a successful business. And what's been interesting for me is, you know, and I know we're going to talk a little bit about leadership today. I really believe that leadership is the foundation of a successful business and your ability to lead others with impact and influence and help them to achieve their goals, I believe is the cornerstone of success, not just as a leader and manager, but as an entrepreneur. And I think that that gets overlooked a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, I think entrepreneurs are so focused on running a lean business and they're so focused on managing costs that they many times misunderstand the fact that they won't be able to build that business that they're dreaming of and that they envision for themselves if they don't focus on leadership. So I love the work that you guys are doing here. Well, thank you very much. You know, let's start with you you said you have multiple steps. So let's say we have someone listening right now that has a business 
maybe they're struggling with the business. Maybe it's brand new and growth mode. Maybe, uh, you know, they've been up and down on this roller coaster and they're exhausted. You know, where do we start? What, what would be step one in, in that process? Yeah, definitely. Well, step one is to assess where are you spending your time? And I like to start there because what I find is that typically we are our own worst enemies. When I do a time assessment with an entrepreneur, a business leader, or a business owner that wants to get better results, what I find is that most of the time there's a total disconnect between they want this result but what they're doing day to day is getting them this result. And it's kind of obvious as to why. But the problem is, is we're so busy and we're running so hard and so fast on that treadmill that a lot of times we miss the forest from the trees, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. So the simplest, easiest way to help someone break out of a cycle of being stagnant or struggling or going through that roller coaster, which, hey, we've all been there, right, mm -hmm. um, is to first assess, well, like, let's look at what's going on. Let's look at where you're spending your time, how you're investing your resources, what you're doing day to day. And many times the answer key lies right there. And it's many times much simpler than people think. Absolutely. I can't agree more. I've worked with entrepreneurs my entire life and we mm -hmm. defined as the difference between busyness and business. Yes. And it's confusing a lot of times that people that are extremely busy, I mean, their day is filled full of stuff. That busyness column does not produce results. It's the business no. column, the key result areas that really pays big dividends. Yes, that is so true. And it's so important. And, you know, I talk to people and I do a lot of teaching on productivity because it's so interesting. You know, people come to me for help getting more clients and scaling up and and building a winning team. And many times I have to revert them back, unfortunately, to productivity because of exactly what you said. I'm like, hey, with what you're doing, there's no viable way to get to the monetary goals that you're setting. We have to start with how you're spending your time. And, and the way I like to describe it is the difference between playing offense and defense, mm -hmm. right? So yeah. if you're playing offense, you're spending your time on profit-producing, outward-facing activities where you're interacting with your target market, making offers and giving people the opportunity to buy, engage, and, and become a customer of yours, where most people live and spend almost all of their time is playing defense. And so we're dealing with those things that are coming in at us and we're responding and reacting or maybe treading water, trying to do the things that we think we're supposed to be doing or that we see people saying on Facebook or that we see someone that we aspire to doing that really aren't a match for the level that your business is at and what your business really needs to grow and to thrive and get to the level that that is next for you, which there's a big distinction there, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So if you meet with an entrepreneur and, and I'm one, you're one, so obviously we can look at the mirror and see this, but you know, yes. one of the trends that's out right now that I've always been a believer in is is self-deception. So we we see ourselves differently than reality sees us. Okay, so when you work with someone that doesn't see it, you know, you say, okay, we're going to talk about where you're investing your time. And they give you a justification list of why all this busyness is so critical to the success of their business, but yet the results are not matching up. How do you get them to see reality differently than the way they see it? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? A lot of times what I find when that's the case is that it's really that hiding, 
that we all do because the things that really need to get done um, risk failure, rejection, and uncomfortability. Mm -hmm. And so I really get into, listen, like, it's great that you're like telling me this story right now, but like you, you're paying me. So like you're throwing your money in the street, paying me if you have no intention of actually doing what's necessary to get to your goals, like we should just stop. Right. And, and, you know, that's the thing is like, it's much easier to pretend how busy you are than it is to pick up the phone and, and make a call to a prospect or flip your camera around and jump on a video and do some live streaming or learn a new skill that's going to be required to take you to the next level. And, and, and that's a key point I want to make too, is that I think a lot of times on your entrepreneurial journey, you really don't understand from the onset how many new skills you will have to learn mm-hmm. in order to thrive in business because oh. everything changes so fast and so constantly that the second that you don't continue to invest in your knowledge and growth, it's like you stagnate and die. And so I think people many times do themselves a disservice by not sitting down and analyzing their gaps and what skill set they need to learn, whether as a leader or as an, a marketer or as a business owner, entrepreneur, whatever it is, And then set out to find someone that sells a system, a product, or a program that directly addresses that gap. Mm -hmm. And that's a big tip I have for the listeners today is, you know, there's someone out there that built a million-dollar business doing exactly what it is that you're struggling with that you can't figure out. Why burn yourself out and throw your money in the street trying to figure it out your own when someone has built a product or an exact system that you can go follow? And that's what we do in my business Every time we set out to do something new, first I determine from a staffing standpoint who on my team is going to take this on. That's the first thing. Who has the right skill set to even be able to have the competence and develop the skill to manage this? That's step one. Then step two is who is the foremost expert, the best person that we can go buy a product from that teaches an exact system around that skill. And I go buy that program and I give it to that team member of mine and we follow those systems. And that has been a life changing, life saving thing in building the business because that's the other problem as the business owner or as the entrepreneur, you don't have all the skill sets. You can't. There's endless skills needed to build a business. And a lot of those skills are going to be outside of your expertise, your competence. So what does that mean? Your company's just not going to perform in that area, Mm -hmm. right? And sometimes as leaders, we don't even think about the fact that we need to strategically fill the gaps that we personally have in order to be successful in bringing the business full circle. Oh, absolutely. So do you talk about this in your book? Yes. I, you know, my book, a a lot of it is connecting the dots between, you know, I I think people dream almost too much. There's almost too much dreaming out there and not enough doing. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the book is all about being like, listen, there's all these disjointed dots out there of building wealth and having the right mindset and figuring out a path that actually is viably going to make you the money that you want to earn. And the book is about kind of zipping all of those things up and giving people a, a map to follow and a roadmap of bringing together different components of the attitude and mindset that you're going to need. 
the skills that you're going to have to learn, and then the types of business models or business strategies that you're going to have to put in place in order to even put yourself in the game to get that end result. So it's really about connecting those dots. And yeah, I do definitely talk about these things in the book. A lot of the book is about sales and leadership, mindset, strategy, that type of thing. So in the book, what section of it do you think people have the biggest aha moment with or something they haven't thought of before? Well, I'm hoping that there will be moments of that in every chapter of the book. You know, I really took the things that I came across over and over again in serving my clients that are the biggest gaps that I felt like, here's why you're not getting what you want. And and put that into each and every chapter. But I'll say that I start the book with stop resenting the 1% and join them. And I think one of the biggest gaps out there, and it's perpetuated by the media and the news and, you know, everything else is this angst and this anger towards the top 1% of earners and they don't pay enough taxes and this and that. And it's like, whoa, 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 wait a second. Hold on. First of all, the tax code is available to everyone, Mm -hmm. right? So it's your decision if you choose to utilize utilize it for your benefit or not. So that's number one. But number two is how are you going to attract and become something, build wealth, have abundance, uh, run a successful business if you have anger and hatred and resentment towards the people that came before you that did exactly that? Oh, and by the way, 95% of millionaires uh, that are self-made did it through building their own business, bootstrapping, doing what we all do every single day. So I start there and I hope that that will be a a, a mindset opening tool for people to help them understand that those conflicting things that are going on in your mind, in your attitude, in your way of thinking and being every single day are absolutely going to prevent you from getting the life that you want, because there's no way that you're going to become part of the 1% while resenting them and, and, you know, having anger towards them for being there. Sure. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. The quote's been around forever, and that's that you become the average of the seven closest people in your life. So if you're, if you hang around with poor people, you're going to learn poor skills, poor habits, poor everything, middle class, same, and the top 1%, like you mentioned, the more you surround yourself with them, it seems like the luckier you seem to get. Uh, Opportunities present themselves, learning opportunities present themselves, and then to take advantage of that. I will say the one thing that I have learned recently, it's, I relearned it, I guess, because I continue to relearn, is the top 1% are very clear at focusing. Their habits are very focus-driven on the things that produce results. Where people that are not in the top 1% tend to go with the flow of whoever's around them. They're very impulse-driven, lack a lot of discipline. Where the top 1%, if you want to hang with those people, you got to be disciplined. You have to be focused. You you have to bring something to to the table, not just be a taker. you got to be a giver to be included in that group. Because if you don't provide value, you're not valuable. I couldn't agree more. I absolutely love that. I I did a um I did a Periscope last night and then a Facebook live this morning talking about the fact that you know, if you want to stand out in this completely noisy, crazy internet-driven world that we live in, you have to be willing to go further and make a bigger impact, deliver more, and actually stand out from your competitors in the consistency, in the value, and in how you show up. 
And people don't want to hear that message, but that's the truth. Like Mm -hmm. just because you posted 50 times on social media, like no one cares. Like that, everybody's posting on social media with their automatic meat egger or Hootsuite or whatever else. Like that's not going to go get you clients. So if that's your strategy, like good luck, you know what I mean? Like you have to be willing to stand up and deliver. It's just like what you just said there. You know, you have to be adding value. Well, and that's the key word right there. You know, I'm in the training consulting business myself. We have partners all over the world and they'll get on a call like this and they'll say, Chip, you know, what's the one thing I can be doing? How, how do I do more, you know, better marketing? How do I get out there and so on and so forth? And I come back to them and I say, okay, first and foremost, people pay for value. They don't right. pay for training. They don't pay right. for marketing. They don't pay for all yeah. the stuff that you're trying to peddle. What they yeah. pay for is a problem that they have that you can fix. That's yes. what they pay for. What yes. tools you use are, are it's totally irregardless. They yes. pay for the value you bring and the problems that you fix and everything else is a complete waste of hot air. So if you want to be on social media, if you want to, if you want to have a podcast, if you want to do these things, you better come with value. Don't come with the same stuff that everybody else is peddling and just be a brochure like everybody else because no one will listen. They will turn you off and move on. I feel like there's always like an idea or something you have in your head and you're like, you know, I think I want to try that. And I would say for a lot of people, like 70 to 80 percent of it just kind of goes out the window. And when you actually sit down and try that one thing that you wanted to try, it turns out really good. Personal example, I like creating little videos and stuff I did with my brother. And we had an idea. We saw the uh, the Pharrell Williams happy video. We saw people doing it in all different cities and stuff like that. Yeah. And so we said, what if we did one of those here? And he's like, yeah, that, that'd be really cool. And then I just said, you know what? Let's just put it on the calendar for tomorrow. Let's go. Let's find people. Let's do it. Let's put the video together. So it goes from being an idea that sounds cool to something you can actually do, right? I, I want to highlight what you said there because you actually said cool, let's do it. Let's put it on the calendar for tomorrow. That right there, that is the difference. You do it. You you put it on the calendar and you do it. And the problem out there today is people are trying in a vacuum to create a business. They're like planning for it, preparing for it, setting it up. You know, they're, they're mapping website. out something they're going to do for like six months from now, <laughs> you know, eight months. And, and it's like, you'll talk to someone and like, four months later, you're like, I've lived a whole life since the last time we've talked, like launched eight things, you know, then you, you have to move. And I love the fact that you said, let's put it on the calendar for tomorrow, because that's the other thing you schedule it. If it's important, you schedule it, you put it on the calendar and you do it immediately. You make it a priority, whatever it is, whatever it is. And I love what you were mentioning earlier too, about you can't just walk in with a brochure and peddle the same stuff that 18 other people are. And I talked about that on the video that I did this morning. It's amazing to me that everyone now with their phone has access to do their own infomercial for free every single day if they want to, five times a day if they want to. And you look around and no doubt you're connected connected to many entrepreneurs on Facebook, on Periscope, wherever you are. And there's very few people that are actually taking advantage of this moment, this small moment in time where you can get in the minds and really get people so engaged in your brand for free. That's the difference. It's like, Mm -hmm. are you the person that's getting up an hour early and turning on the video, whether you feel like it or not? Or are you the person that says, you know, I'll think about it, I'll plan for it. I'll work towards it. And then by the time you decide to do it, that moment's gone. Like we're on to the next thing and no one really cares because everyone that's doing anything with it already has 10, 15,000 followers that are now engaged in their brand. 
Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. The High Performance Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Principles of High Performance Leadership, the book by my co-host, Chip Wilson. We're giving it away to the first 100 people to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Message us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash hpleadershippodcast. Send an email to podcast at 360solutions.com or go to 360solutions.com and fill out the form next to the free book section. We'll get a copy out to you, but act now. This offer is only good for the first 100 people and supplies are going fast. Yeah. So that sounds good, but how do you engage with people that regularly and not have it come off like a sales pitch to people? Because people are going to tune out if you're if you're trying to give them something that you sell all the time, but how do you give them some value? Yes, definitely. The name of my broadcast last night was How to Monetize Your Free Content. And it was all about how when you create a piece of content, it needs to deliver over-the-top value. And if you're passionate about what you do, there's a never-ending source of subject matter for you to go out and teach on and talk about. And because you're doing short bite-sized pieces of it, you know, you can take a topic and break it down into 35 different, very small segments of video or audio or whatever the case. And the goal is you want to make sure that you add that over the top value. And then you are building that piece of content already reverse engineered into what the call to action is. Okay. So you're not getting on there and selling your product and saying, these are the features and this is why you should buy it the way the old school infomercial was. Mm -hmm. No, what you're doing is you're using this ability to have video in that most intimate space of someone's hand in, in your face to add value for them and make a difference for them. And in doing so, you're going to offer them the ability to take the next step to get more value for free. And and you're going to pull them off of the sphere of the universe onto your own email list and then begin to put them in your funnel for your product, your service, a free consultation, whatever it is that you're going to use to actually sell into that product or service. Does that make sense? Yep. Yep. Well, we talk about all the time being a visual expert. And so you have to put yourself out there as a visual expert now so that people see that you know what you're talking about, that you didn't have somebody write your brochure. You didn't have somebody, you know, create your website. You didn't have somebody else do it. And you're, you don't add the value. You have to be out there and show that you're, you are the value. That it's so true. And I mean, you guys see this because you're doing a podcast. I have been shocked out of my mind with the amount of people that we have opting into our list and joining our courses and programs from the podcast. And it's like, why? Why is this happening? The answer is because they're getting so much value for free that we're eliminating the risk for them. Mm -hmm. They already feel like they know me. They know exactly what they're going to get when they buy a product or service from me. There's no question about the undeniable value because they're getting more for free from me on my podcast, which I'm sure it's very similar with you guys. They're getting more for free on the podcast than than they've gotten for products that they've paid for in the past. So they literally go into that buying decision knowing that there's no risk. And that's what using audio, video, podcasting, webinars can do for people is it can bring down that fear, that fear of making the wrong decision, that fear of making a mistake, that fear of making a purchase and then finding out, oh, my God, this person isn't the real deal. Like they don't know what they said they they did or they had someone else do the copy on their brochure, but they have no idea what they're doing. (laughs) Right. So here's a balancing act. Maybe you have some insight on this because I, I don't 
have the exact answer, and that is we are in somewhat of a change of the way we market, and we're in the what I'd call the free economy, where a lot of people feel like knowledge should be given away for free now. Platforms should be free or very low cost. Knowledge should be free or low cost. If I want to learn anything, I'll just go to the Google, pull it up, and I should be able to learn anything I want to do anytime I want to do for free. So people like you and I that do sell knowledge, how do we give away a lot of really solid content, but yet monetize what we continue to give away for free. There's a there's a balancing act there in there. Yeah, there definitely is. Um, you know, so a couple things. I think the first thing is is when you are selling knowledge as your primary product or service, it's very important that you have it packaged as your own proprietary system. So the difference is, yes, someone can go on the internet for free and take free tutorials on YouTube and go here and go there and listen to articles and read books and blah, blah, blah. But they're not getting a complete system, right? Mm-hmm. And the other thing, so on one hand, you you make your own proprietary system and you have to sell the system as a complete package and you have to differentiate between taking in information versus having all the dots connected for you in a complete system that's going to provide a specific quantifiable result. So that's one thing. Mm. On the other hand, you want to really sell that upgrade, which is knowledge plus customization. And that is that high touch, that you know, one-on-one consulting, that ability to get on a group call with you, that ability to get personalized guidance. Because we all know the vast majority of people, there is endless knowledge available to us. That doesn't mean we do anything with it. So that's where you have to sell accountability, structure, customized planning, specific feedback, a roadmap that's unique for you and your business or whatever product or program you sell, whatever it's around. So quantify the impact, sell it as a system, and then upsell that that high touch added layer of customization. And between those three things, you can definitely paint a picture of what the difference between free versus paid is going to look like sure. with your products and services. And I 100% agree with you. What I, a little caveat I would add to it because I'm in the you know, business of selling knowledge as well. And what I tell people is there's lots of free information out there. I mean, lots of great information, stuff we're talking about right now, people can take and use and, and it is free. But when I work with executives in Fortune 500 companies down to mom and pops, strategy is fun. Okay. They like coming up with strategy because strategy is like listening to a podcast and getting excited. The problem is strategy and execution are exactly the opposite of each other. Strategy yes. is the fun part coming up yes. with ideas and dreaming. Execution is the hard work that you got to put in every day. And that's where a system, that's where a, a accountability, that's where a process is so critical. Because how many people listening to this call right now have come up with lots of great ideas over their lifetime and failed to execute on it? Mm-hmm. It wasn't mm-hmm. because it was a great idea. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't because it was what you thought up wasn't going to work. It was because you didn't execute on it. And that's where a system or a process actually makes a difference. So I'm Joe Smo, and I'm, I'm listening to this podcast and I, I try to make sure I get some really good value from it. So kind of distilling our points. So you say like the first thing you want to do, like, so I'm an entrepreneur, I want to do something. 
I need to like audit my time, right? I need to look at my calendar, look at my schedule, look at my priorities. And then the next thing you would do is be to schedule the things that matter. And then maybe you want to strategize the kind of things that you want to do, but not take too long because we talked about just getting on it and doing it. And so the third step, I would say would be doing it and then giving the valuable content to get people engaged, creating a system to keep people engaged in your content or your product, and then providing that support and community so that people will stay engaged with you. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's excellent. And I mean, the only thing I would add to kind of the beginning stages of that is for a lot of people listening, after you do that auditing of your time, there's going to be some big changes that you have to make before you even go to schedule what you're going to do next. Right. You're going to realize, you know what, you're going to have to start doing a lot of new and different things. And you're going to have to stop doing a lot of things that have no direct correlation between the, the activity and, and your bank account. And so I think it's it's really coming to terms with that. And, and at that point, you're also going to assess, okay, is this something that I know how to do effectively, but I'm just not doing it? Or is it something that I need to learn how to do and I need to go out and find a system or a coach or, you know, an accountability, you know, mechanism to help me put this in place? Yep. So how do I, if I'm an entrepreneur, I know I'm, I want this lifestyle, but I don't really know exactly what my passion is yet. How do I go about finding that or distilling what my business idea should be? Yeah, I always tell people the best exercise to do is, you know, kind of on one side of a piece of paper, write down all the skill and talent, experience, knowledge, um, you know, that you currently possess and that you're naturally good at and that you enjoy doing and are passionate about and, you know, things that, you know, add value for others that, that you're able to perform. Um, on the other side of the paper, I would write down which of those things are able to be monetized. So which of those things are people willing to pay money for, you know, which of those things can actually be turned into a viable business and, you know, look for, uh, other companies that have had a roadmap of success following that model. And then it's all about just finding the intersection, you know, so on one side you have passion, skill, talent, Right. On the other side, you have monetization. Where is the intersection of those two things? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in today's world, you hear a lot about industry disruptors and all kinds of different new ideas and who's going to be the next Facebook or Google or whatever else. But the majority of money to be made out there isn't in creating something brand new. It's just doing one thing more efficiently yeah. than your competitors in your marketplace, just being a little bit better than the others that are out there that are providing that same product and service, and you can do extremely well. So if I've got two ideas for a business, one of them seems very lucrative, uh, but I'm not as passionate about it. And one of them seems very, uh, I'm very passionate about, but not as lucrative. How should I approach that? The entrepreneurial journey is full of many challenges and it is a marathon, not a sprint, which means you have to go into something being willing to invest for years and years and years to get to the point where you want to live and be. And so to me, you probably will not have the passion to follow through and get to your end goal if you are not passionate about what it is that you're pursuing. You know, on the other hand, I don't recommend um, that for 99% of entrepreneurs out there, if you do not validate a working business model that there's multiple other players in your field already executing, for most entrepreneurs out there, you will fail. So, you know, obviously there's always those success stories that you hear of that one, you know, disruptor, right? That created something totally new that no one's ever done before and they were successful. But that was probably their eighth or ninth business that they started, 
right? It took them many variations to get to that point. Um, so for most people, it's going to be really important that you target a market that has the money to spend and the ability to say yes to what you're offering. It's important that you, you know, follow a business model that's proven and replicable, that there is a roadmap of success in. Um, but, but I think that that also has to be matched with, if you're looking at two viable business models that have viable markets and one is more lucrative, yet you're not as passionate. The other is a little less lucrative, but you're more passionate. I would say all day and all night, go for the one that you have the most passion for. I agree. Because otherwise you won't stick with it for the long haul. You won't follow through and you won't make that more money that there is to be made in the other one anyway, because you won't, you won't be in the business anymore. Yeah. That's just my take on it. Interested versus committed. We we had a, one of our earlier podcasts. We had a guy who studies entrepreneurialism, and we asked him what are the what's the one thing and, that you've noticed in, in all your study. And he said people that are successful entrepreneurs don't ever think about a job as an option ever again once they start. They they you know that proverbial burn the bridge, or the story I you know the analogy I use is that the the chicken is involved in breakfast, but the pig is fully committed and I'm an entrepreneur. So I I see myself as the one that's fully committed. You're the bacon. I'm the bacon. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm the bacon. I'm not, I'm not, I don't participate in breakfast. I am breakfast. I (laughs) love that. That's great. No, it's, it's, it's so true. It's so true. I think one of the things that is wildly underestimated about entrepreneurship is the amount of grit and and persistence and perseverance that's necessary to succeed. I mean, 95% of businesses fail and they fail because there's just an intense amount of determination and grit and passion and grind that's necessary to get any business, you know, to the point that um, it's delivering more for you than, you know, kind of what you have invested in it, I guess, per se. Let's pivot a little bit. We ask all of our guests that are on the show, because this podcast is around you know, high performing leaders. Have you ever worked with, been around, associated with, or seen examples of both extremes, an extremely competent and high performing leader and what he or she looked like and, and acted like versus a woefully un, underwhelming leader? That's a nice way of putting it. Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, so I think, you know, very stark contrast there, you know, in my experience, when I worked with great leaders, you know, they push you extremely hard, they hold you accountable, uh, they give very specific feedback um, on how you can improve, they roll up their sleeves, they get involved, um, they work side by side with you, they model for you what it is that they want and expect of you. um, And they're willing to work as hard at making you successful as they expect you to work at producing for them. And that's mm-hmm. how I always would describe, you know, a good leader when I'm teaching the the CEOs and the entrepreneurs that I work with as my clients, you know, I explain to them 85% of or more of what's going to make your team successful comes down to how you manage them and they will leave you, you know? And, and so I, I think absolutely it's, it's a partnership, it's a collaboration, it's a team. And I, and I think on the flip side, you know, managers, that struggle, that have a horrible turnover, that can't get good performance out of people. They point their finger and they give direction, but they don't give the how. They don't give the support. I think they they manage everyone the same way, which, you know, no two people are the same and they don't learn the same way. They don't thrive the same way. You know, they don't get down on the level. You have to meet people where they're at. 
right? So you have to meet people where they're at and then lift them up. And and I think it's a difference between managing an end result versus coaching and running alongside and helping someone make it to the finish line, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I was reading some of your blog posts before we started here, and I saw mm-hmm. something that kind of segues into that, that you had a something on how to transform the morale on a struggling team. Yeah. So mm-hmm. how do you do that? I mean, because I think everyone's faced something like that at some point. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, I think that the first thing to understand is that the manager sets the culture and the tone of the environment. And whatever the manager is reflecting that they're feeling and thinking and embodying, that is like either a cloud that, you know, is over everyone, or it's like the, the sunshine that's shining on everyone. Mm-hmm. So I think the, the first thing is, is the way you transform the morale of a struggling team is by shifting your mindset and attitude towards that team. And it's a difference between walking in and being stressed anxious, frustrated, and disappointed, which are the feelings that that managers feel, obviously, when when their team is underperforming, that's natural. But you have to rise up, like you have to pull out of that. And you have to grow and let go of the ego. And you have to say, okay, my team, my responsibility, what do I need to do? What do I need to give these people in order to lift them up and have the confidence in themselves to believe that they can do it? Because the number one thing that's going to impact that team's performance rising up is you giving them the confidence that they can turn it around, giving them the confidence that you believe in them, giving them the confidence that, you know, you're disappointed in the results, you're not disappointed in them, and that you see it as as much of your responsibility to turn this around as it is theirs, and that you're going to get down on the level that they're at and work with them on a play-by-play roadmap for success. And when you get on the level of the people on your team and you say to them, you know, here is the how-to, I think that's the problem with most managers. They want the result, but they want to be able to give the direction and have people go figure it out. And for most people, they need more than that. You know, they need a playbook. They need a roadmap for success. So I think it's shifting your mindset and attitude. It's setting realistic goals that can be accomplished, not lowering the bar, not lowering the overall goal, but breaking the goal down into milestones and celebrating those milestones, acknowledging progress, right? Acknowledging wins. And when you start acknowledging wins and progress, that will then snowball into bigger wins, more progress, more confidence, and eventually it will lift everything. I couldn't agree more. Management is different than leadership and leadership's really relationship driven. Yeah. It's, it's not a title. So it's, you know, it's, it's about a relationship with the people that are on your team and trying to mm-hmm. figure out, you know, how do I motivate each, each individual team member? They're motivated differently. And they are. You, so and true. that's relationship yeah. driven. So tell, tell us about what the future and vision is for you and your business and what you what you're working on. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, this past year was a lot of launching for me. We launched a lot of new programs, new courses. We launched the book. Um, Last October, we launched the podcast. So it was really about scale and it was about, um, you know, creating some ability to drive passive income through courses and products versus all the high touch coaching and consulting to kind of balance out my time. Next year is really about kind of filling up those silos of that information 
infrastructure that we now have in place, leveraging them, optimizing them. Um, you know, for me, over the next few years, it's really about infrastructure for the company and building out the the team that can create the future company that I want to build. And so it's going to be all about people. It's going to be all about cultivating um, the people that I have now, growing them, developing them, recruiting more, filling in the right infrastructure. Mm -hmm. Um, And ultimately, you know, I I want to grow into more of a training and education company that works with not just small businesses and entrepreneurs, but bigger companies all around the world to drive peak performance, leadership, sales, pricing, you know, just optimal performance and results. I kind of want to know what are the nine principles of unstoppable success. Oh God. I read the title I, and I'm like, okay, I love lists. I want to know all nine. Are you really asking me all nine? Yeah. <laughs> you you got to understand now, oh, Randy and I are gracious. different people, right? I am very much a, okay, there's nine of them. I'll get them. Randy wants to know <laughs> step by step, number by number, what the nine are, how they okay. work. I'm, I'm being hawkish for our listeners. I, I know okay. that there's people like me out there that want to know the nine. Okay, no problem. All right. I, I had to go get a copy of the book, by the way. Just, you guys are making me work for this today. All right. So the first one is stop resenting the 1% and join them. We already right, talked talk about, about that, that yep. today. The second one is cultivating an entrepreneurial spirit in everything that you do. So that can be career or business. That doesn't need to be um, strictly for entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. The third one is act like a CEO if you want to earn like one. Good. Yeah. The, the fourth one is leadership. Very important. The fifth one is business mastery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The sixth one is invest in yourself. Seventh one is sales. The eighth one is discipline. And the ninth one is focus on something bigger than yourself. So that's all about legacy, impacting the world, making a difference, figuring out why you were put on the planet and and living up to that. Every one of those points are valid. In there. there could be a book written about each and every yes. one of those yeah. points yes. because they are cornerstones in success. And yeah. 100%. I can tell you with me, I take on too much too quickly try and do too many things. And so this has been the year, 2016 for me, and Randy can attest to this, has been the year of taking all of this stuff that I have and trying to simplify into a focus that makes it easier to connect the dots for not only my team, but for my clients, for the people to buy from me, because it's easy to fill up with lots and lots and lots of stuff. And then people get confused. They don't know who you are, what you are, what you sell you know, what the value is. So yeah. this is a year of uh, focus and simplicity. Focus. Yeah. yeah. Focus. Another good podcast I like to listen to, the Tim Ferriss show, he talked about, he looks at everything that he's doing in his life and says, what would this look like if it were simple? Because I think everyone kind of starts from, oh, it's this big complex thing with all these moving parts. Okay. Does it have to be that way? And so I think starting from that mindset, so you're not already trying to overcomplicate things. I think any amount of energy that you put into simplifying in your business or in life will pay dividends, not only in the results that you get, but in your mental health Mm -hmm. and in your happiness, really. So are those nine points in any sort of order specifically, or um, how did you choose the order? Or are they kind of like, these are the nine that you should have together as a whole? Because yeah, I noticed so, discipline was towards the end. And I feel like that is one of those things that the people starting out lack that hurts them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, I broke the book down into three parts. Okay. So the first part, all three chapters in the beginning are about financial abundance. Part two is all about freedom. 
And then part three is about unstoppable success. So that's why the discipline and the focusing on something bigger than yourself and sales are, are kind of there because it's it's kind of bringing it all together. But yes, I mean, I definitely agree. Discipline is is certainly at the foundation uh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not piecemeal. It's a whole system. It's a system. Give you the success. Okay. Awesome. Well, Kelly, if we want to buy your book or get in touch with you or or listen to your podcast, any of those things, how, how do we do that? Yeah, definitely. Well, I hope everyone will head over to Amazon and grab a copy of the book. So it's there. It's on Amazon. You can also get it um, from Audible for free. If you sign up for a free trial through Audible, you can get the audio books. I know we have podcast listeners here. So if you want audio, you can get that there. My show is called Unstoppable Success Radio, and we're live three times a week. So that's uh, out there for everybody. And that's all just focused on helping people go further faster and accomplishing their goals. And my website is kellyroachcoaching.com. There's like nine different free gifts, trainings, resources, support materials there. So all kinds of goodies for anybody that's looking to improve their business, you know, make more money, have more fulfillment, freedom, that kind of thing. Awesome. Well, I encourage every one of our listeners to go buy your book, go to your Mm -hmm. website, listen to your show, listen to your podcast, everything else. Today has been absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on. I learned a lot. I know our listeners will, and hopefully we can have you back again sometime in the future. That would be awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks for listening to the High Performance Leadership Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us. Every little bit helps. Our website is hpleadershippodcast.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hpleadershippodcast. Follow us on Twitter at HPL underscore podcast and shoot us an email at podcast at 360solutions.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.